y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian Podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Gishay, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all. Today's guest is Heather McFadden. Heather is a wife, mom, and a podcaster on the Don't Mom Alone podcast. Today we dive in on the isolating nature of motherhood, how to cope when your husband works crazy hours, and how to break through the lies the enemy tells us and step into real God-centered community. This one is packed with tangible steps and so much wisdom, and I love it so much. Heather, hey, thank you so much for coming on today. Honored to be here. You're so sweet to invite me. I'm so excited. Okay, so to get us started, you have created this incredible ministry with Don't Mom Alone, which the name alone made me kind of like sigh, a little like sigh of relief (laughs) because like I have a penchant for doing things alone, especially in motherhood. And so that just like instantly feels like such a safe space. Um, which I love that you created that. So I would love for you to open us up just by telling us a little bit of your story and how Don't Mom Alone came to be. Well, so there's my story of how that fits, and then there's a story of how the brand came about. Um, the brand came about from having God Centered Mom, mm-hmm. the podcast, and having these podcast clubs that a listener started where she was taking the podcast, listening to them with her small group and then discussing them like a book club. Yeah. Yeah. Genius. So loved it. I loved that it was bringing women together in real life that Mm -hmm. they weren't listening to it on their own, but getting together. So we started using a hashtag. Don't mom alone. Like, Mm. don't just do this by yourself. Do it with friends. And then I started thinking a lot of the episodes that I had, the content that I was producing circled around mentorship, inviting moms, women that have been there before, uh, friendship, just us walking alongside each other. I'm not one of those people who's like, I've got it figured out. Do this formula Mm -hmm. and everything will be great. I'm Mm -hmm. not a big fan of that because we're all so different and that would be so boring if there was actually a formula out there. (laughs) Right. And and to say that I've arrived is kind of like, what? No, I haven't. (laughs) I'm still in process. Um, And then uh, just discipleship and the fact that I am a woman of faith and I do believe the truth of the matter is we don't, we're never alone because God's promised his presence. He's given us Holy Spirit in us. So wherever we go, we take God with us. Um, That's power. And I wanted to disciple women to know that for themselves through reading God's word and praying and hearing truth through every part of motherhood to kind of infiltrate some discipleship without them even knowing they're being discipled. Right. (laughs) sneaky discipleship (laughs) sneaky discipleship so that they can believe that for themselves and be empowered as moms um to not let the enemy win with the lie of isolation Mm. uh, and loneliness i know Mm. for my own personal story how this coincides and why it's really kind of ironic that it's the title of my podcast now and insight is 
uh, with, I know you have this later as a question, but with my Enneagram of four. Yes. Oh my gosh. I've interviewed so many fours lately. I swear. I love it. Uh, well, it's the name for a four is an individualist. Right. So it's ironic that I'm drawn to isolation and individuality mm-hmm. and I'm calling us not to. Um, I think that's oftentimes if you look at a ministry of someone and you ask them what their Enneagram is, it's it's the opposite, opposite. of what. Oh, yeah. I mean, my ministry oh. is being built on vulnerability and I'm an eight. So you want to keep it all. Right. So God's yeah. like, Mm-mm, nope, this is going to be how gonna I'm going to use you. We're going to yeah. be wrong. We're yeah. going to be out there. <laughs> so, I, uh, so that for me played out in motherhood in that I had a master's degree in zero to three child development. Mm-hmm. Always wanted to be a mom. Mm-hmm. Thought I'd be amazing, actually. You know, some women are fear motherhood, don't want to be a mom. I right. really wanted to. And my mm-hmm. husband was so wise to say, let's wait, let's travel. So we were married six years before we started having kids. And um, But once we did, I, I've arrived. I've got this. Fullness of my identity. Yes. But I had six Cabbage Patch kids when I was young. I mean, <laughs> I was ready. You were ready. And I had the master's degree. And then my son from the get-go had reflux so bad mm. and cried so much and has some sensory stuff. My oldest, I was overwhelmed. I was in this exact closet on the floor, lights out, crying, holding him mm. with an entire household of family waiting for me, thinking, I can't do this. Yeah, I can't look good in mm-hmm. this scenario. Mm-hmm. I can't hold it all together. I'm just going to stay up here by myself so that nobody sees that I'm failing mm-hmm. in this. Mm-hmm. So that became my story with two and three and four. But by four, eventually, I completely removed myself from community where I'm doing playdates with people. Right. Um, I would do some playdates with one or two kids. But by four, nope. no way, Jose. Mm-mm. And we even kind of stopped doing social things. We stopped going to small group. We... Um, would just hang out at home because my husband was then working all the time and he's an extrovert, but in that scenario, he was burnout and right. we just alone and, uh, it took some counseling. It took some healing for me to start reaching out again for God to heal a lot of that pride. That was really the root of mm-hmm. why I was pulling away and wanting to look good and all together. Um, I, I was fearful of failing in front of people, like you were saying, being vulnerable in front of people, looking like a quote unquote bad mom in front of people or my kids misbehaving with four boys and right. then I look like a mom, even in my response. When Absolutely. they freak out, they do something bad and then I freak out. Right. I look bad in that scenario. So uh, it was a lot of me kind of pulling away and then realizing, okay, wait, this is not healthy, good. Mm-hmm. How God intended. It was just really helpful for me to get wisdom and insight and perspective and healing and that same discipleship. I was getting sneak, sneaky discipleship yeah. um, through those interviews. And yeah. I don't know. God's brought me a long way. My boys yeah. can be extremely embarrassing now. Yeah. And I'm fine. I'm cool. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think what's interesting is what you said about pride kind of being the root mm-hmm. is that the pride can be like for you, the pride was, a fear of failing, a fear of not having it all together, a fear of like someone looking into your motherhood and being like, she can't do this. And I think, you know, I've never really 
I, I struggle with isolation. I struggle with isolating myself. And it's less a fear of what I look like and more, more a pride of I don't need people. Mm. Which is a complete lie. I mean, 100%. Mm. But I think I tend to, to lean into my own self-sufficiency and think that all I need is this little unit of like my family. And I don't really, I don't really need community. I don't really need friends. I don't really need to tell anybody else what I'm struggling through. Cause like we can do it. Like we can, I can figure it out. And so I think that, that pride, like you're exactly right. Pride really is the root of all of it. It can just spider out into looking different for every mom. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. And, and it takes, having a positive experience with community yes to give you the perspective that oh yeah I do need this yes. or oh every I, time I go on a play date or do something with my friends I'm like oh yes I feel so filled up I feel so encouraged that was so good why don't I do that more often oh because I'm super prideful <laughs> like yeah well and we think once we hang out with especially the right people right the life-giving people the ones who are mo- modeling that vulnerability and and sharing what's hard for them, what's going well. Like, I don't I don't want to hang out with people that are just griping the whole time. That, to me, is not life-giving. No. Right. I like when people are real about what's hard, but then they're pointing me back to Jesus. And yes. they're pointing me back to truth. There was a time. <laughs> it's a silly example. But to me, it's just a little microcosm of what can happen when we reach out to people, even in the smallest things. I was sharing with a mom friend who had older kids how I'd wanted to surprise the boys after their nap time. And I made chocolate covered strawberries and the boys all came downstairs and I thought they'd respond with mom, you're the best. Mm-hmm. We love you. And instead my oldest said, how many do we get? <gasps> oh, and so my mom training entitlement, you know, you're so spoiled. Those are the the messages going through my head. Mm-hmm. I then communicate those. I can't believe blah, blah, blah. Why aren't you being grateful? This was a special treat. Now you've ruined it. Or I'm sure I've said something, you know, hurtful. Right. But when I was telling her, I was kind of just trying to say, I can't believe my kids are so entitled. And then she reframed it. She said, well, what if his personality was more analytical? Mm-hmm. He's seeing the layout of how many are there and he's trying to figure out, well, based on how many are there, how many are we each going to get? It wasn't that he was ungrateful. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the core root of his heart. He was more just planning and how often we misinterpret our kids and how they communicate. And I thought, oh, that is so good. She wasn't saying it to me to be critical of my response. She was more helping me see my child in a new light. Right. So when it happened again, I could be like, oh, there it is. He's a yeah. planner. He's a planner. I don't, I don't, I don't have to make him feel shame or guilt for his response I can say wow you are so good at planning what a great question yeah and you know even present the food next time you guys each get three slices or whatever right so that that is removed from his mind of having and then he's so grateful Mm -hmm. oh my goodness this boy even as a 13 year old every dinner says mom thanks for making dinner oh my goodness no one's prompting him so I think of moms of young kids we're trying so desperately to do our best and we want our kids to be the best. But if we stay in isolation, I think we can have skewed views of who we are, who our kids are, who our husband is. And, and it's so helpful to have that outside perspective to reframe it so that we can enjoy the people we have, be fully present 
where we are and not not feel this burden, you know, that Oh, absolutely. that we've messed up, we failed, they're they're ruined, I'm ruined, you know. Right. And it, like we if you stay in that isolation, whether it's out of like the feel, fear of failing or the pride that you can do it alone, you really do miss out on all of that. Like you literally miss out on your people helping you understand your children better or yeah. like parent your children better, discipline better. I've had I've had the same exact situation where my eldest is so sensitive. Oh, my God. She's so sensitive to a point where it's it's completely exhausting and she'll she'll you know there have been times where she's thrown a fit at a play date and I'm immediately like what is wrong with you you're like you're totally overreacting and I've had friends that I you know when you allow people in that have been able to be like I know it's exhausting but also like she's so kind-hearted she's Mm -hmm. so kind she's so soft-hearted and like like you said helps reframe oh my gosh she's not just being ridiculous and dramatic she really is just so soft-hearted and feels everything which is going to pay off in the end you know she's going to be deeply empathetic and be a great friend and all of that kind of stuff and so I completely agree and I think that like feeling alone in motherhood is universal like we all think we're alone in feeling alone Hmm. and then when we finally talk about it with somebody else I know the first time I like voiced it to a friend I think I like yelled in her face when she was like (laughs) I feel the same way I was like no wait really I thought I was completely alone and feeling alone. Is it like, why do you think so many moms feel alone and feeling alone? I mean, probably because we don't say it. Right. Probably. uh, I didn't have the social media influence that y'all have Mm -hmm. now. Um, I think that's a really strong element to it being constantly in your face. I think even our mom's generation may have felt alone or isolated but it wasn't in their face that other people were together Mm, (laughs) it wasn't in their face that other women were doing these amazing non-for-profits or businesses or making their kids these amazing meals or you know there was there wasn't that failure right in their face all the time uh and I I did interview a mom who she's now in heaven but Mm. she was quite a a leader in our church and raised five children and then went on to seminary. And she said when her, they had one car when her kids were little. Oh, wow. And her husband would take the car and she was home Mm. alone, Mm -hmm. but her neighbors would come over and they would do their ironing together. They would like jam, make jam together. Right. She (laughs) does not describe it as isolating or lonely. Right. Because the people were right there Mm -hmm. home and to do, deciding to do their everyday things together. together. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we have this pressure that we can't just do our everyday things together. It has to be we make these plans to do something together, to go to the zoo together, to go whatever it is together. But maybe it's just, hey, I'm going to the grocery. You want to go to the grocery? Yeah, like strip <laughs> it back down to like the, the 60s, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. I think or like, you have to fold laundry, bring bring your bring yes. your laundry up, we'll fold it together. Oh my gosh, that's know. the best idea. I'm like, I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna invite somebody over to fold my laundry because I hate yeah. folding laundry and doing good it. Good news. Good news. Now my kids fold their laundry. Oh my gosh. 
with a four-year-old and an 18-month-old, those are the uh, sweetest words, like, that yeah, that is yeah. coming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not yet, but yeah. I'm telling you, very soon. Probably yes. the four-year-old could do some socks. I yes, don't know. she does do her socks, and she can do, like, what Fish she can do onesies. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Um, but, no, yeah. I think that that – In those seasons, what do you hate to do? What when in your week do you feel most alone? Yes. And then invite someone into it. Yeah. And maybe it's I've had times when they were when I had my fourth and there was were two naps in a day and mm-hmm. I do not like being home. Mm-hmm. But he because of school pickup, I had to be home mm-hmm. for both of those naps most days, if not if not definitely one, if not both. And it oh, I did not enjoy that. That was and that was that season of seeing a counselor and really pulling away. And so one thing I did, a small step was to invite a mentor. Mm. She's free to come and go yeah. whenever she doesn't have Young kids, kids nap schedules and all right. that thing. So she would come to my house and the kids would run in and out of the house, but it just took like a mundane part of my morning into something a little more meaningful and encouraging. And yes. even just to have her like when something would happen and it was the same, you know, those same little I call them scripts. Yes. We're doing with your kids. They say this, you say this, they say this, you say, and nothing's working. You've Mm -hmm. you've tried the same parenting strategy to have her there and just to look at her and be like, how would you respond differently? Right. You know, my gosh. And she would so wisely sometimes say, you're using too many words. Mm. (laughs) You don't need to (laughs) give this much instruction. Yeah. You know, just let it be like yeah. that doesn't need to be corrected that doesn't need to be corrected just yes. let it be yes and to have a wiser woman in your home in those times that can be stressful or lonely is i don't know that's to me so that's good. very yes i think like circling back to what you were saying about social media being part of why we feel alone and are feeling alone. Another thing that I was having a conversation with a friend the other day about was it like, okay, so you take the social media aspect of like what everybody else is doing is in your face added with what you were saying about our, you know, the generation before us not having that. Plus, man, I don't know about you, but my husband works so much, like so much. And that's, that's new. That these like 60 hour work weeks are are new to like the generation before ours and like our little 60 like, sounds like nothing. That sounds like nothing. Like right? 80, 100 oh, hours. Yeah. I mean, my yeah, husband yeah, works yeah. an 80 hour work week, but for sure that that's insane. He's gone so much. And I think we get into survival mode and we forget to like invite people into that. And once I started mm-hmm. talking about it and being like, man, my husband works a lot. Like, I'm, I feel like I'm doing, I feel like I'm raising my kids alone sometimes. And I don't mean that against him. Like, he's busting his butt to provide for us. And that's just kind of what's required in 2019 is these insane work weeks. And she was like, well, my husband works all the time. Like, let's, like, let's survive it together. Let's figure out how to thrive in that together, you know? And so I think that like there are these elements that can feel like they're isolating us from one another. My husband's never home. So like, how the heck am I supposed to like go do stuff? Like Mm -hmm. there are other women out there whose husbands work all the time or are gone for like weeks at a time, you know, like join together in that stuff and do it together versus just drowning in it alone. 
Yeah, I think a couple of things. One, I was talking to a new mom the other day about how she, her her husband uh, worked a lot, um, had a job that even required evenings and weekends. And Mm -hmm. she said she felt like she was a single mom and that was really hurtful to him. Mm. And I think the key in all of this and communicating this is loving our husbands because they don't want to have to work that much either. And the trickiness of when we have kids is it coincides with when most careers are getting up and running. Yep. Whether the woman is working outside the home or the man is working outside the home, there is an extreme amount of work that has to happen in those seasons when we also have young kids. Yeah. And so the pressure is really great. And I remember a time when I was feeling really frustrated, like, why does the buck stop with me? When I have a work trip, I need to, <laughs> I need to oh, figure yeah. out all the things, <laughs> the meals, the pickup. And my husband goes on a work trip, he just goes. And right. someone says, yeah, but Heather, you have to go back to Genesis. Mm-hmm. At the fall, the curses were different. Yeah. The curse for the female was a desire her husband, which mm-hmm. again, that's why it's so hard. When mm-hmm. our husband's not there, mm-hmm. because there's something God put in us. There's something to missing. desire. Yeah. Desire his emotional connection, desire his love for us, desire time with him. Mm-hmm. And of course, God is actually the one that needs to fill that. Right. But we married this person because we have that desire. Right. And then also pain in childbirth. But I think chain pain through the whole thing. Like yeah. it's hard. Having yes. kids. Um, labor on is hard. It it pulls on our emotions. It's hard to see them upset. It's hard to meet all their needs. We can't. Right. Again, we can't be God for our kids, but we try to be. Right. And then for the husband, it's to toil in his work. Right. And so it's, and I mean, we want to argue women have equal and men have whatever. But if you go back to the curse, like we did have different curses right. given upon us. Yeah. And so I don't know that we fully grasp the weight and the pressure that a man feels to provide. So oh. then when you think of a single mom who is has that same pressure and oh weight to provide or a mom whose husband is and she has that weight to provide and to care for the needs of her family, you can understand for that woman that is so much mm. pressure. Oh my so gosh. So much pressure. So when we have husbands that travel and work all the time, I think one gift we can give to our entire family, since our marriage is going to outlast our kids, that's the goal, Yes, uh, is to support them. Honey, what can I do for you today that'll make your life easier when you get home? What can I do for you this week? What, um, if you're, my husband and I always pray before he leaves for the day, we just like hug each other in the kitchen. He prays over me. I pray over him. And when he does pray, he'll pray over what he knows is going on in my life, but I can hear also what's going on in his day and Mm -hmm. what's heavy on his heart. Mm -hmm. And so that's just a connection point. So he doesn't have to emotionally pull away from me. We're actually reconnecting in what matters to me so that then physically reconnect to him because I'm not feeling like he's this stranger in my home that then wants to be in my bed. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So we need to like keep that connection going no matter how much they're out of the home. Yeah. And then that whole feeling of isolation and loneliness, uh, my mentor, she would always tell me, your husband can't be all that for you. Right. Absolutely. Make sure you are, if you're upset about something with your kids, if you're upset about something with your parents or whatever is causing you um, to lose peace, 
call a friend, text mm-hmm. a friend, mm-hmm. have this, have a person that you can send pray and just a text pray. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And they know that they don't need to ask any more questions. Um, or, you know, do you have a second to talk? Like use things like Voxer, which is an app that yes. you can talking on the go use Marco Polo that's a huge way to connect with people throughout the day that doesn't require um, a lot of time and energy if you want to be present with your kids but you also need that connection you could Marco Polo and then put it away and when you get a chance you know go back and get encouragement from a friend see her face Mm -hmm. Um, she could pray over you through Marco Polo I love Marco Polo so much (laughs) so much yeah yeah so I think realizing your husband can't be the everything for you. Yes. Knowing that God ultimately, like it really changed the game for me when I would get up before my kids and have time with God just to recognize that he's my main source. And then I can pour out to other people, not from a pitcher, but from that river, that flowing life, Mm -hmm. the never ends, um, that God is that source. And I don't have to like, well, 30 minutes, that'll last an hour. You know, I, I can't say like this much time with God is going to allow me to be kind for this right long. yeah it's not I'm a math equation yes yes I can't just like quote unquote fill up to pour out I need to reconnect with the source so that he can be the one that pours through me and if y'all need help establishing that habit check out my friend Kat Lee at Hello Mornings if you've never heard of her yeah we she can help you she's really really great we will definitely link to that in your uh show notes I love that we took a little marriage segue there because (laughs) like marriage and motherhood are so like tightly knit together and I think we like separate them for some weird reason you know and I think like exactly what you said and I am guilty of that like I'm guilty of like that desire for my husband turning in like that's from the fall turning into like a bitter thing of like he's never here and I completely agree like when I kind of made that 180 in the last couple of years of like he works this hard because he loves us and because it is his job for our family that was huge for our marriage and so I think like taking back those narratives and allowing the Lord to like redeem them is is huge and it's hard and it's humbling um be having that stuff like pointed out like nah, that that's not really a good look that that's what you've turned this into you know but i think that mm-hmm. like fear has become like one of the greatest tools that the enemy uses against a god-centered community-centered motherhood and marriage i think if he can keep us yeah. afraid to be seen in our junk or he can keep us proud that we can do it alone, then he can keep us isolated. And so yeah, like, what yeah. are... I mean, we went to Africa. Yeah, we went to Africa once and before kids. Mm-hmm. And they, we watched some lions and they were, they were watching zebras. Mm. And we discovered that they cannot attack a whole herd of zebras. Mm. Like, the zebras are protective because the lion doesn't have the sight to be able to know where the head and the end, the butt of the zebra differentiate. Yeah. yeah. And they won't attack unless they get a clear view of the behind. Mm-hmm. And so 
that grouping together actually is a protection against attack. <gasps> but when an, a zebra gets isolated, that's when the lion takes a chance and goes after mm-hmm. that zebra. So I think it's just a picture of the 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 group, the being together is a protection against attacks and in ways that we don't even get because our culture is so different from all the cultures before us um, that, that I think we have to be so much more intentional. It was built into society before. Right. You just lived in villages. You lived with your parents and grandparents right around the corner. Like that was, it's different. Yes. And so it takes such an intention and we know it and we want it, but it it, it is so hard to take those steps forward and uh, there's such a distraction that the enemy gives us this false sense of connection mm. through um, social media. We think we've connected, but we're really longing that face-to-face, you know, yes. time with someone. Absolutely. I was having that. I was having just that conversation about we. I know we keep talking about like the generations before us, but we really are one of the like the couple of generations before us are some of the first that do this all like actually tangibly alone that don't live mm-hmm. next door or in the same home as their parents or their sisters or you know aunts and uncles are all you know like I mean my kids have cousins that like they don't know that is unheard yeah. of in almost any other culture you know and and yeah. then you add in this element of social media, fake connection, and our husbands are working all the time. And I feel like the enemy's like, yep, I got this. Like, I got him. I got him right where I want him. And I love that kind of, like, mental visual picture of, like, a herd. Like, we're harder to attack together. And so, like, if you're not reaching out for community for any other re- <laughs> for any other reason other than to, like, piss off the en- enemy and make it more difficult for him to come after you, then, like, I feel like that's a good starting place. Yeah. 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 <laughs> because, I mean, I think the reality is that largely motherhood can be isolating, exactly like I was just saying. Like, in its natural state, if we let it, it's isolating. So, to kind of, like, close us out, for the mom who is listening and feeling just, like, straight up alone. Like, feeling like all they do is feed and clean and show fur and they're doing it all while feeling super alone. Like, if you could just, like, grab her face and speak truth, like, what would you want to say to her? I would encourage her to make one connection. Mm-hmm. Take one risk. You, I just interviewed Sally Clarkson mm. about this topic. Um, that'll go live in a couple weeks. But her encouragement, and so I'll speak from Sally to you, Yes, is to be the thing you want. Mm. Be the thing you want. And... If you see someone at church or in your community that you admire something about them or they they have similar values to you, take the risk. Ask them to coffee, even if it's at your house in the midst of laundry piles. Like, take the risk to create the thing you want. If you're an introvert, that may be being intentional with a couple people and, and having a regular time to go deeper with each of them. Uh, if you're an extrovert, maybe it's, you know, really coordinating a time to go have fun without kids. I know for mm-hmm. me as an extrovert, it was really hard for me to parent kids and have good conversation. I always felt split. Like yeah. I wasn't being the mom I wanted to be. I wasn't being the friend I wanted to be. So I had to make time outside of when my kids were there mm-hmm. to connect with friends. Yeah. Um, 
but just Absolutely. make make a plan for one connection. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be elaborate and it can be inviting them into your space thing that you're already doing. Um, there was one mom who reached out to me. She was feeling very isolated because her child had severe health issues mm-hmm. and really low immune system. So she couldn't invite people over if their kids were sick and her, her daughter would get sick and she never could go and do things because uh, babysitters couldn't handle the severe health needs. And so I encouraged her to reach out to one mentor mm-hmm. and she did. And she still, it was a struggle because then, you know, sometimes those people cancel on you and you have to, um, work through why am I feeling, why does this rejection hurt so badly? And mm-hmm. so it's going to cause us to go work through some things, but Absolutely. try one. And my other encouragement is to pray that God would bring the friends. I know that yes. we always say last resort, just pray, but I'd say first resort because mm-hmm. I've, I've met these women, they move to new cities. They have no friends. I say, pray, I'm going to pray, you pray, and they will report back. You know, mm-hmm. it's amazing. God did provide X, Y, and Z. And so he'll open your eyes to see a person. He'll, he'll work. You have one spirit and he is going to draw that spirit to itself and mm-hmm. through other people. So trust him in that, even if you can't see it. I think he so intimately and deeply cares about that. Like he created us for community and he's going to be faithful to answer that. I think if we seek and ask, I think that that is one of his greatest desires for his children is to feel connected and to feel seen and loved and surrounded by people who see us and love us, you know. Um, and I, def- mm-hmm. I would say like on the other side of like if you are someone who is deeply embedded in an incredible community that you don't feel alone to maybe like turn your eyes outward and and see like ask for God to give you the eyes to see the mom that does feel alone that does feel isolated and like take that off of her plate and reach out you know I know I get dms sometimes from moms saying that you know that they they love what I have and that they they wish they could have that and I think it's really easy when you're comfortable within that friendship to forget that there are other moms that are alone. Mm -hmm. So I would Mm -hmm. definitely say, like, if you are listening to this interview and feeling alone is something that happens sporadically for you because you have really incredible friends, like, first of all, be so thankful and maybe send your people a text message that you love them and you're thankful that you get to do life with them. And then also, like, just pray for God to help you turn your eyes outward to see the moms that need even just like a text of like, hey, I'm thinking about you. How are you doing? Like for real, how are you doing? You know, Um, I think that Mm -hmm. would be really big too. So our closing, we do some rapid fire questions. When people have already brought up what Enneagram number they are, which is most of the time because I can't get through an interview without talking about the Enneagram. Um, (laughs) So you're a four. I always ask... When you first, like, typed as a four, did you love it or did you hate it? I think, I think it made sense. I saw four wing three. That mm-hmm. made sense to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially when you look back at the teenage years and childhood. And I think it, it all makes sense. I don't feel like when I read some of the memes 
that describe for I think sometimes they like take it to an extreme that mm-hmm. I'm not. Yeah. Um, there's Jesus time. I'm in my 40s now. I'm not quite like the extreme for that I probably was in middle yeah. school and high yeah. school. But it makes sense. The things that I didn't ever really love about how I responded mm-hmm. to life. Mm-hmm. You know, that kind of like reframes it. And that makes is, it makes uh, sense. Yeah. Yeah. It makes sense. I love that. Uh, what is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Well, I definitely would say my morning time with my coffee is mm-hmm. very, very helpful. A conversation with my husband. Um, he's pretty rock solid and has a good perspective. And so if I'm the fact that he's a three and a little mm. more logical when I'm getting into all my feelings is yeah. really helpful. Yes. Um, yeah. And just fun. If I can make sure I'm looking forward to like a time with friends, a dinner out. Yeah. Um, this coming weekend, I have a retreat with some girlfriends where we go to a bed and breakfast and do crafts. <gasps> oh, so awesome. fun. So I'll have that. So yeah. Something to look forward to. Something and, to look forward yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, and the last mm-hmm. one is what's the last thing you watched on TV? Parks and Rec. <gasps> so good. We are working through it for the first time. Uh, so for the first on. time? Yeah. So yeah. fun. We somehow missed it the first go around. <laughs> Maybe we had young kids. I don't know yeah. what was going on, but we we are enjoying it. It's our time. Our, we both, because we both are achievers, mm. we have to choose at the end to not go to our computers and to oh. relax and laugh together. Like it yeah. has to be Absolutely. a goal of ours to watch I love TV. It. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that. That's so great. Thank you so much for taking the time out to come on the show. Um, To close us out, if you could just share where people can find you and follow you. Well, I'm over at don'tmomalone.com. And then on Instagram and Facebook, they're all Don't Mom Alone. Okay. Well, perfect. We will link to that in your show notes, which you can always find at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. Thank you so much, Heather. Thank you so much, Blake, for having me. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast. Make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessionsofacrappychristian.com. I'll see y'all next week. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.